In this episode, we see why the church should never get in bed with the state and the steep price victims pay when good people do nothing. This is Pulpit Perpetrators. All right, well, hello, and welcome back to Pulpit Perpetrators, where the pastors are real, and what they do is even realer. I'm your host, John, and with me today, uh, a returning guest host, uh, my brother, uh, my fellow chief, my fellow bishop, my, my fellow a lot of things. Uh, he's also the co-host of our of our show, Bishop Brothers, on YouTube and Facebook, uh, Bishop Aaron Williams. Bishop Aaron Williams, how are you today? Good, how you doing? Very good. Excited about yeah. being on this great Great show. Yeah, you get, you get confused. You do you do enough oh, yeah. of these podcasts. You get hey, when I sit together, I like all the <laughs> but yeah, this is this is this is good. And and I like the I don't know what's coming, so uh, <laughs> Yeah. That makes it good. I don't know what's mm-hmm. coming. So. Yeah, I love I love I wish uh maybe someday we'll put out some exclusive content to look some people's faces when uh when I share this information because they're pretty priceless. Um <laughs> Uh, now, please remember, uh, please give us that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Give us a comment. Uh, for some reason, that really helps with ratings and, and getting the show out there. Uh, always remember, our main goal here is we're not here for money. We're not here for likes. Uh, our main goal here is to save churches from predators uh, that would hide behind their pulpits. So um, by getting us out there, you know, we more people hear about it, more people can hear about these red flags. Now, right. a little disclaimer before we get into this. We are going to make fun of and attack the reputation of an idiot, um, a pulpit perpetrator. This is a person who has abused those they were charged with caring for. Uh, I have no, and I know Bishop Williams doesn't, I have no patience for this, and I have no patience for those who would hide behind the pulpit and do horrible things to people. It makes people like me and Bishop uh, that actually care for our communities, that are actually involved with our communities, it makes us appear untrustworthy because these morons typically get all the media attention. Um, you wanted that attention, and now you're going to get that attention. Uh, it, you remember that Toyota commercial back in the, I don't know, back, probably back in the 90s? It was like, you wanted it, you got it, Toyota. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what's happening here. You wanted it, you got it, yeah. pulpit perpetrators, right? So you act like a moron, you, you do things like a moron, you're going to get talked about like a moron. We do not attack victims of these crimes. We don't talk. We, we typically don't even mention names, especially if the if the person or people might still be alive. Right. Um, so we don't do that. We will laugh at this person's expense, but we will not laugh at those he's hurt. More important than the laughs, though, are the red flags we're going to bring up. It is our hope here that we can show listeners flags to look for uh, in their leadership to make sure people like this don't get behind their pulpit, that don't get in access to their flocks. So. If you're if you're into calling stupid out, you've hit the jackpot. We're here. <laughs> um, if you don't like calling stupid out, especially with pastors, I know we have those that those people with that men of God attitude that we can't talk about these people. Right. Go ahead, hit pause. Thanks for giving us a, a look, um, and, and go find another podcast. I'm sure uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes got something real inspirational you can go check out, or Joel Olstein, someone else. Uh, this is not the place for you. So we're not that type of podcast. Just hit pause right now. And thanks for giving us a chance, but that's okay. Um, so, yeah, so if you, if you think it's mean to call out stupid, um, 
stop listening. Uh, you're not going to like what happens next. So with that being said, Bishop, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Well, we're, we're actually going to leave the United States. Uh-oh. Uh, and for the first time, we're going to leave the continent. We're going to come off the, the, the North American continent, and we're going to head to South America, mm-hmm. uh, to Chile uh, specifically, but it's going to come by way of, of West Germany. So that'll give you a, a mm. time frame of when this actually happened, because uh, uh, those of us who maybe ha- have seen a map, if you haven't seen a map in the last 50 years, West Germany doesn't exist anymore. So in case you were wondering. Uh, we're we're going to talk about a guy named Paul Schaefer. Have you ever heard of this guy? Uh, Schaefer? Paul Schaefer. That sounds kind of familiar. Now, now don't, don't, yeah, don't confuse him with the – there's there's a Schaefer out there that's a, yeah. a modern Christian theologian. That's not this guy. Okay. It's not this guy at all. Um, so this guy Schaefer is born uh, pre-World War II uh, in the 20s near the Dutch border with Germany um, in, a, in a town called Tro- Troisdorf. Mm-hmm. Germany, I'm sorry, I don't speak German. Um, that, that's probably very wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you wanted to leave a comment, you could comment on how to pr- appropriately say that. <laughs> He's described a- as a poor and clumsy student. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in an accident with a fork, he loses his right eye. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I'm trying to imagine that. So, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. What accident, like, what accident happens with a fork? I don't know. You gotta be doing some, up. Yeah. So, yeah. You got to be doing some dumb stuff, I guess. Yeah. Maybe he went to eat. and Yeah. Like, I don't know how you miss your mouth and hit your eye. Get some rigatoni right. in there with you. Stab it in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, but he, ha- he, he has an incident where he loses his right eye. Um, just to show you the the – the awesome character of this guy. Uh, in the 30s, Schaefer tries to join the elite uh, Nazi SS Corps, uh, but he's later rejected because of his infirmity. So, I mean, you can you can hate people that aren't white, but if you don't have a right eye, you're out. So, uh, that <laughs> apparently, I guess they have some moral codes in Germany, in, at least in 1930s Germany. I guess, you know, some limits you can't just go. So, uh, in exchange, because he can't do that, he joins the Hitler Youth Movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, during World War II, he serves as a medic in a German field hospital in occupied France. Uh, later in life, he claims that his glass eye was the result of a war wound. Wow. Because we don't have that. We don't, we don't want to talk about the fork incident. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Purple Heart, huh? <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I don't know what they get in Germany, but uh, yeah. if there was a Purple Heart, I guess it would. I, I imagine he's probably trying to pick up the ladies. Yeah, but sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how'd you lose your eye in the war? That's way yeah. better than I was I was trying to eat some yeah. rigatoni. Mm-hmm. And I stabbed myself in the face. Uh, uh, he does reach the rank of corporal. So, you know, uh, trying to think of my E3s and E4s in the Navy when I, while I'm serving. And, yeah, I could see where they had a scar or something. They'd be like, they'd want to tell the ladies, oh, yeah, I got this. I got this in Afghanistan. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get this screwed off in the barracks. <laughs> so, um, but in this is our first red flag of the day, right? So it, I cannot explain how important it is to vet your pastors. Mm-hmm. I hear all the time how churches don't have time to vet or we don't have the money to vet. Or we got to just trust the Lord on this one. He's a man of mm-hmm. God. Uh, that's ridiculous. And that's how you end up with a Nazi leading prayer group. 
Yeah. That's, that's how that happens. <laughs> wow. so, um, but when you don't check a person's background, this is what happens. Uh, it, right. And right. although it's not common to see a bunch of a Nazi pastors, a ton of them anyway, uh, running around the United States, I will tell you there are plenty of pastors out there who like to hide who they really are. Right. So oh, yeah. Right. You got to be real careful. Um, and failure, failure to vet, you're going to end up with a Nazi leading prayer group. I don't know how else to right. tell you that. Or so, yeah. or worse. Oh man. Can you imagine? Well, I can't imagine. I mean, while we wrote our book, I mm-hmm. ran into plenty yeah. of cases of, 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 can you imagine? Right. Um, so churches, there's nothing sinful about checking up on a pastor, right? There's, there's nothing sinful about Facebook stalking your pastor or trying to figure out, you know, is he married? What did he do in his free time? Um, if I'll tell you this, as and Bishop, you can back me up on this. If a pastor doesn't want to be checked up on, he's got something to hide. You got something to hide, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, not because yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, if you're gonna, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, if you're gonna do that, then yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, you're. If you're gonna hide who you are, if they're trying to actively hide who they are, you go ahead down the list. Pastoral search group needs to kind of move on to someone else. Right. They don't want to talk about it. A bad history does not disqualify someone from ministry. Right. But a bad history that is actually in the present and it's not really a history, uh, that can have dire effects. Right. right. So if, for example, if a person was, uh, if a person was signed was signed up for, um, to, to pastor church, and that person said, "Well, um, uh, I used to believe in Nazi things when I was younger." I, mm-hmm. I was a full fledged I was a fascist when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met the Lord. Uh, I realized the error of my ways. That sin. That's horrible. Um, and I, you know, and through through time, I can show you that I've changed. I don't see a problem with that guy being in ministry. The problem is a guy like this is still a Nazi, right? right? And and he's just hiding it, right? So when right. you do that, you put the people of God at risk. Um, and just important as a pastor's theology is a pastor's history. Yes. So so following World War II, he sets up a children's home and a Baptist ministry. Mm-hmm. In 1959, uh, he created the Private Social Mission, purportedly a, char- a charitable organization, allegedly. Uh, Schaefer followed the teachings of an American preacher named William Branham. Now, he's one of the founders of the post-World War II healing revivals who also had an influence on people like Jim Jones, mm-hmm. uh, Roche Thoreau, which is a guy I covered on this show a couple episodes ago. Um, uh, Coleman, this other, this other lady named Coleman, who then had influence on a guy named Denny Hinn that you guys might know about. Um, so, so this is our, this is our second red flag. So along with their history, we also need to vet a pastor's theology. Uh, to do that here, you kind of have to look at Branham. You know, what did Branham believe? And this guy right. is claiming that Branham is his, is his, uh, his muse, uh, albeit, uh, for his theology. So we, we would want to check up on that. I mean, with disciples like Jim Jones and Roche Thoreau, I'm sure there's nothing wrong with this man's theology. <laughs> well, and in, 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 in law enforcement, we call it the fruit of the poisonous tree. Hmm. And I guess like he's a tree with a lot of poisonous fruit that's going to be falling off it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's no better here. I mean, we know Jim Jones, this guy is not much better. Um, sadly though, you see this a lot and I've had to say this almost every episode. If you know the mentors and teachers of a pastor, 
you're going to know their theology before they even preach a sermon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So maybe in that search time, you, you ask them, Hey, who are, who are your mentors? Who do, who do you read? What books do you read? What do you, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do in your free time? Who, who do you, who's your mentor? If I ask you, you know, who, who's the top three theologians in the world right now, according to you. And if he says Branham and you yeah. look up Branham and we're going to talk about him for a little bit here, mm-hmm. um, run, move on yeah. to the next guy. Uh, yeah. If you let that guy get into your pulpit, some things are going to happen. Um, so we kind of need to look at Branham a little bit. So Branham is an American Christian minister and faith healer. That, that word alone makes me really nervous. Um, who initiated the post-World War II healing revival in the United States. Uh, he left a lasting impact on televangelism and modern charismatic movement. Uh, and he's recognized as the principal architect of restorationist thought, uh, in, in the charismatic movement. Uh, Branham was also the first American deliverance minister to successfully campaign in Europe. So now we know how he ended up getting a hold, how, how Branham, mm-hmm. how Schaefer got a hold of Branham. Okay. Mm-hmm. So unlike, but however, that doesn't mean every faith healer is mean or evil or wrong. Uh, I know some people who really believe that they can heal p- other people and they, and they're, they're real about it. They're true about mm-hmm. it. Um, but unlike his contemporaries who followed doctrinal teachings known as the full gospel tradition, uh, Branham developed an alternate theology. So there's some words we need to be careful with. Mm-hmm. Uh, an alternate theology that was primarily a mixture of both Calvinist and Arminian doctrines, which are actually opposites of each other. Right. Um, and he had a heavy focus on what's called dispensationalism uh, and, his, and what he called his own unique eschatological, eschatological views. So eschatology is study of the end times. So anytime a pastor starts talking about the end times and that's what they yeah. focus on, you need to yeah. you need tuck tail and run. Right. Um, that's a bad place to be. Right. So, I mean, all the red flags from that statement. So theologically, this is where some red flags start to pop up for me. Uh, it appears he starts with a solid understanding of orthodoxy, right? So he starts as kind of a Calvinist who starts to kind of lean into some Ar- Arminianist doctrines, which is very common for charismatic pastors. Um, or in, at least in this case, I would say he has sound Pentecostal theology. Now, I don't agree with everything in Pentecostal theology, but I will say uh, Pentecostal theology in and of itself is pretty biblically based. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not out to lunch or crazy or cultish. Um, but when you offshoot from these theologies, start making up your own stuff, right. that's when that becomes yeah. a problem, right? But it is a problem when one person decides they now have the authority to change the theology of the Bible, right? When, when a person decides, starts to decide that what they say is kind of on par with scripture, you need to be worried. You need to be right. concerned. That's the beginning of a cult. A good theologian is going to seek the counsel of others before deciding to change a view or a concept. Uh, people's theology can't change. I'll say mine has, mine has changed significantly probably in the last five to six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but good change only comes from wise counsel and the solid study of information. Right, right. You know, I don't know about you, but when, when, when I've had major theological revelations, um, I, I vet those feelings because it usually starts as a feeling. And you got to right. be careful with your feelings. Right. Oh, yeah. So I try to vet those feelings. I try to right. you know, look in Scripture. Can I prove it with more than just one verse? Can I prove it throughout mm-hmm. the, the body of Scripture? Um, right. And when a guy just says, well, I read this one verse, and now my whole theology has changed, yeah, that's a problem. Manger zone, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, many of his followers, however, accepted his sermons as oral Scripture and referred to his teachings as the message. Wow. Yeah, last, ooh, last time I checked, the message came from Jesus. Yeah, man. Yeah. Ooh. 
massive red flag. And even though this isn't Schaefer, we're talking about Branham right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs to be brought up. When a pastor declares his words on par with scripture and is not informed by scripture, run. Run, yeah, yeah. Right? Your theological thoughts should be preceded from scripture, not right. theological thought decides what scripture yeah, is saying. Is. Yeah, right. So, yeah, proper proper exegesis. Uh, and here, here's one. Just ask your pastor, what does exegesis mean? And he can't tell you what that is? Mm-hmm. He ain't ready. No, he ain't ready. No. <laughs> I'm ready to be a pastor. And, and not him one-on-one. What, no, what does exegesis mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Brett, honestly, Brandon's probably going to get his own episode. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave him alone for a little bit. But we are going to talk a little bit about his his theology because it affects Schaefer. So uh, he believed in, a, in, in a, a concept, a theology called annihilationalism. That is the doctrine that uh, those that are damned will be totally destroyed after their final judgment. Uh, that means that, that hell doesn't exist. They're just uh, the the, the yeah the the consequences of sin are just total destruction and annihilation where you don't exist anymore. Wow. Um, which is in in my opinion, now I know some really great theologians who ascribe to annihilationalism, but uh, they do struggle to prove that to me biblically, and so uh, I do not believe in annihilationalism. So, but that that belief in and of itself doesn't mean you're going to be a cult leader or do the things that this guy did. Right. Um, Branham also came to believe that Trinitarianism wasn't a thing, that it was actually tritheism, so three gods. Hmm. Um, which oh. is, right. yeah. Which he's, it's so, so it started, he starts as a Trinitarian, becomes mm-hmm. Pentecostal, and you know, and, and you know as well as I do, inside of Pentecostalism, there's two different views on the Holy Trinity. Right. There's, there's the Pentecostal oneness movement, which well, yeah. ascribes to, God, God being one entity that shows up in three different forms, which is not Trinitarianism. Um, So he goes from, from there to oneness. And then he actually goes even farther and says, no, there's, there's three gods. Okay. Which once again, kind of your body of scripture, you got a body of scripture problem. Um, So Branham taught an unorthodox doctrine about the fall called serpent seed. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he believed the story of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden is allegorical and interpreted to mean that the serpent had actually had sexual intercourse with Eve, oh, and, yeah. and that their offspring was Cain. Okay. Yeah. Um, which, you know, once again we start running into trying to stretch the Bible, and um, what this really tells us though is if a, if a person is willing to stretch the Bible like this, um, that it's not a far stretch than to stretch the Bible in other ways. Right. Uh, to get what they want. Uh, this theology with all these pieces said it's a perfect place for a predator. Mm-hmm. Um, so we already have some predators. shaky theology. Yeah. We already definitely got some shaky theology in, in the view of what would be considered orthodox. Um, but this alone does not make a person bad or a predator. It's what they do with it that does that. Cause I, I know why well, I wouldn't say I know, but I have run into pastors who have sound orthodox theology uh, mm-hmm. that abuse women, abuse children are, you know, violent with their, right. with their church members. Um, they're just as bad. Right. So, right. Right. so bad theology isn't a calling card, uh, but he shouldn't have been in this position to begin with if he right. had this type of theology. Right. Uh, and this is kind of on congregations. Congregations got to know their own Bible. Right. Um, especially now, I think we're running into a, a time now where, um, 
we just kind of rely on the pastor to just give us our theology. We just want to, we want to, we want the pastor to be our theological Google. If we have a mm -hmm. question, we don't want to look in the Bible. We just want, just hand it to us. Just tell me the answer. Um, yeah, we've become cultish and that's dangerous. Uh, when, when you, when you uh, set yourself where one person becomes bigger and greater than anything, that's a cultish, mm -hmm. it's a dangerous, dangerous ground. Absolutely is. Um, so we already have this shaky theology. Um, and this is Schaefer's theology. This is kind of where he's at. Mm -hmm. So let's go back. Let's go back to 1959, right? So in 1959, the same year he started this basically children's home, uh, he's charged with sexually abusing two children and, f and flees the children's home in, uh, I think it's called Siegberg in West Germany uh, with some of his followers that go to the Middle East uh, and relocate his whole congregation. He came into contact with the Chilean ambassador to Germany who invited him to go to Chile. Wow. So clear red flag, sexual abuse, man. Mm -hmm. Now I know some people are going to say, but John, people can be changed by Christ. And, and I agree. I, I completely agree. There's nothing, there's nothing on earth that can change me like the power of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is not what happened here. And this man knew what he was doing was wrong, and he ran. A repentant Christian is going to turn themselves in. Right. That's not what he did. He ran. Right. He fled. Uh, and sadly, followers went with him. So what does that tell us? The followers knew about it, and they ran with him. Right. So this is a clear-cut example of what happens when good quote-unquote good people do nothing. Yeah. So this could have ended with, with two victims. So just just remember that number later. In nineteen, this could have ended in nineteen fifty nine mm -hmm. with two victims, if somebody would have just had the courage to stand up and say something, right? But instead, they run with him. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a problem of who who we are. You know, we 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 get so mesmerized by personality and mm -hmm. so mesmerized by the person that we forget about humanity, and 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 we get caught up in that, and that's. I mean, this is a clear, that's why this is so important. This is clear what we live in now, how, uh, again, I'm going to say we're so cultish. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, he repented. He did this. But you're not still dealing with the issue in hand. And um, a repentant person don't run. They they submit. That's right. That's right. Um, at least at least someone who truly understands the gospel and understands Jesus Christ. So that kills me that people knew about it and went with him. Um that happens a lot in the modern church pastor does something horrible and the congregation will just look the other way. Mm -hmm. and, and what's worse, we'll blame the victim. We'll continue to allow the monster to preach. Uh, if this is your church, run away. And if this is your church and you know about it, you are an enabler and you are just as guilty as that pastor. Well, you're, you know, even, you know, enabler, you're a criminal. I mean, yeah. if it's, that's just, I mean, you're a criminal. You know, even beyond an enabler, you are a criminal. I mean, it's like if, if, if you know, I studied the law. It's, you're just a criminal, and I don't, I don't know how any way I can put it. You know, it's not we just enabling. That's those are nice. You know, you can enable a lot, but when you mm -hmm. when criminal activity is happening, we have to call that what it is, and um, and it's just it's criminal when especially abuse is happening to a child, and you don't do anything. I, I can speak to this because I'm a teacher. Mm -hmm. If I don't do nothing, I'm not an enabler. The government could the state, the You're state a criminal. criminal. Yeah. So you know. uh, that's why it's good having you on the show. See, I use all the nice flowery words and you just yeah. 
bring that drive because it is it, it, it's, it's a legal it's a legal matter you know right. you know children can't particularly when this instance so yeah and yeah. but we're so people get so caught up and it, it, with christ we're doing now they so they get so caught up with the person that they they are blinded to all that which what they normally wouldn't be blinded to mm-hmm. yeah and, and the things that i typically hear like when i've dealt when i've dealt with these situations uh by myself um the, the things I've heard is, well, that's the man of God, right? We can't question mm-hmm. him, even though he's right. going to be alone with these kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got to have a reason. God, God, that's God's anointed. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've checked scripture lately, but David was God's anointed. David mm-hmm. murdered people. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what kills me is we only want to read the cute flowery parts of scripture. We don't want to read exactly. the reality yeah. of scripture, right? And and then what what does that translate to? It translates into flowery churches that that kind of whitewash over and then gaslight victims, this is what happens, right? We, we blame the victims. It's somebody else's fault. It can't be the pastor's fault. And then look what happens, right? Now, just remember, this could have stopped in 1959 with two. Okay, two. so we'll, we'll hit all, we'll, we'll get the numbers at the end, and it's, it's horrific. So uh, in January 1961, Schaefer surfaces in Chile, uh, where the government at the time, uh, led by a conservative president, Jorge Alessandre, uh, had granted him permission to create uh, what was called the, Digni- the, Dign- the Dignidad Benefit Society on a farm outside of Pará, which is in Chile, uh, founded primarily on Baptist principles and anti-communism, right? That doesn't sound bad. Baptist principles, anti-communism, I mean, man, that's how, how West German or how, how American, right? Like, it's perfect. Not really. This society evolved into what was called the Colonia Dignidad cult community. Um, of course, they didn't call themselves that because right. the fastest way to get people not to show up is call yourself a cult. Right. Uh, so, so this entire time, Schaefer is claiming the Baptist faith tradition, but he isn't following anything remotely Baptist. Okay, And, and then he begins to methodically isolate children all the while these actions are being helped along, not only by people, but a government. So I'm here to tell you this, just because a church is backed by the government, that's actually very, very bad. That's not good. Right. So this is what Schaefer did. So Schaefer kept children away from their parents in a children's house, right? He said the problem in child education aren't the children. It's always the parents because the parents are responsible for the sins of the children. You see how we kind of sprinkled in a little scripture there? Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what a predator does is sprinkle in a little scripture. Uh, I need, you need to be isolated from your children because of this verse, right? And this is what happens. Well, I'm here to tell you this. A decent pastor will never allow himself to be alone with children. Right. A good pastor will want parents involved in their educational and spiritual development. But here we see total isolationism. Why? Well, it's one simple word, access. Mm-hmm. Right? With parents out of the way, I now have access to these mm-hmm. children. And that's what a predator wants. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we're just going to blame the adults to get them away so that I can have private access to these children. And if a pastor attempts to do this, it is unbiblical. It is immoral. And it is very dangerous. Those children are at risk. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's it's plain and simple. They're at risk. Um, and if a pastor does that, so th- and this is where it happens. Pastor does that, and he's like, well, you know, he's just following the will of God. Well, I hate to tell you this. It is not the will of God for children to be raped. I, I don't no. know. You no. know, I, I can't white, I can't even come up with a cute word for that. 
Well, I, I said like this: if it is the will of God, then I don't serve that God. Amen. So that that's that right. kills all that. Now, if if that's the will of God, <laughs> then I do not do not serve that God. That's right. I, that that's how I said it, and then that kills all that. Not you know because we 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 have to uh, articulate things that it, it's it's you're saying it with children. It's the same thing as a pastor. Use a pastor. I do not, and I and I learned this early when I was doing my training is I I. And the counseling, my, my mentor told me, never, ever counsel a, because a, a, I'm a male, a mm -hmm. woman alone. That's right. I don't care. Well, no, no, I don't. You single, married, don't but, ever. But Bishop, I, you're I, anointed. I, yeah. And I've <laughs> had women, both married men say, Bishop, I want to talk to you alone. No, ma'am, you will not. That's and my right. wife can be there and or another female that you know that I have a witness for, then mm -hmm. you have to go somewhere else. With it, and see, this is this is this is not taught because they, they they want access. But this is how we get in trouble because we set ourselves up as if you know you're so spiritual. No, it's human beings and people got different motives, and mm -hmm. you set yourself up. But most time, people do it because they want the loan because they they want the nefariousness of it. But those are red flags. Pastors, even without children, don't counsel alone. That's right. Even if you don't have any bad intention, you're setting yourself up for disaster. I'm telling you, that's right. You are disaster. absolutely are. Even, 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 if, even if you're a good person, it's, it's not an attack on. Even if you're a good person, that don't look at that. Protect yourself. Right. You just right. It's, it's going to work. Right. You, and you have to. You have to protect. You have to protect the dignity of the people you're counseling. You need to protect your own dignity. You need to protect the church's reputation. See, we typically wait until someone gets raped or gets abused, and then we want to protect the reputation of the church. We wanted nothing right. to do with that when it was all rapey and people were doing a bunch of dumb stuff. Right. But now that it looks like it's about to come out, now we want to protect the, the dignity of the church. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you've allowed that stuff to happen in your church, I, this, here's some news for you. Your church ain't a church. No. It's, it's not. It's not. That's not God's anointed. Sorry. No. No. Uh, if, you, if you've allowed that stuff to happen, your mantle was taken away long ago. So, you know, suck it up, buttercup. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, that's a moral and very dangerous. No no good pastor who's had proper training and, and understands himself. Right? Like, I tell people all the time, like, I, I had a pretty sordid history. Um, I don't go over to Sister Smith's house alone. Mm -mm. And it's not, well, I've mm -mm. overcome that, I, you know, because I'm, you know, I've overcome all that because, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child of God, you know. Well, guess what? Children of God still sin. Yes. Right. Yes. And why would I put myself in that position? Like, right. I don't think I'm ever going to do something like that, but I don't know. Right. And I don't know because I've never been in that position because I don't allow myself to get in that position. And that's OK. Right. Ah, people. So enough about me. We'll go back to Schaefer. Uh, so with the sale of the German children's home, uh, he buys a, a stone crusher, which he uses in a quarry. So to make money, they have a quarry. Uh, it's a pretty profitable business. Uh, with the Chileans, and after six years, uh, the first wheat could be harvested, so now they're doing wheat. Uh, they have a barracks that gets turned into houses, and a hospital gets built. I mean, it sounds great. Then there's a nocturnal hunting accident with a gun. Uh, Schaefer gets treated in Santiago uh, for several months, so now he's lost an eye. And what kills him, this man survived on the losing side of World War II, and nothing happened to him. But in but like the bookshelves of that, the bookends of that, He's just having a hard time, man. You know, I stabbed out. Rigatoni's dangerous. <laughs> or brought worse. I don't know. I don't know what they eat in Germany. 
So, uh, <laughs> they drink beer. I know that. Sauerkraut. <laughs> Sauerkraut. Yeah, there it is. Sauerkraut. That's probably what it is. And the, and the best uh, potato soup in the world. Oh, yeah. Nobody, nobody makes like the Germans. <laughs> that is Germany. I oh, yeah. Potato yeah. soup. Yeah. Yeah. See, now you got me on food. This, so I should have done a cooking show. <laughs> so, so um, there's, there's a red flag here. Uh, it's pretty common in cult society. So when he comes back, he forbids all festivities, separates the boys and the girls, right? They have, they live in different wings. Now, where does that sound familiar? Jim Jones did that. David Koresh did that. Roche yeah. Thoreau did that. Uh, Applewhite, the guy from Heaven's Gate did this. Right. It's simple divide and conquer. It's easier to get rapey with people when you don't have other people to get in the way. Right. right? So, and unfortunately, right. that, that's, what, that's what this man's all about. He's all about control through assault. Um, it's easier to have access to people when you split them up. So, uh, so the presidency changes in Chile. Um, a guy named Salvador Allende comes to power. Uh, Schaefer had his community turn the compound into a fortress because this is what happens when you go church and state, when, when your church gets in bed with the state. Well, when, mm-hmm. the, when the state changes, when the government changes out, we ain't friends no more. Now mm-hmm. what? So he turned, so with his response, he turns the compound into a fortress in fear of dispossession. And he starts smuggling weapons in from, from West Germany, knowing that containers for his charitable organization don't get checked, uh, which included machine guns, uh, which were soon uh, copied in his machine shop. So he actually bought guns, brought them in from West Germany, deconstructed them, and then learned how to make them and start making his own machine guns inside the mm-hmm. facility. I mean, nothing says Jesus like a chopper. You know what I mean? <laughs> nothing says yeah. Jesus like a street sweeper. Um, so um, then he starts, then his true colors start coming out. Cause now that you have control and now you've got guns to keep control. I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, no one's leaving. You know what I mean? Like at this point, um, the congregation, it, they're lost. They're lost to this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. which is a horrible, yeah. horrible thing to say, but it's reality. Um, yeah. So Schaefer invites this guy named uh, Roberto Thien. He's the son of a German Nazi uh, and other opponents to uh, the Chilean government uh, to the to the colony as a center for planning a coup against Allende. So now we're heavily involved in the state. And you notice how like really church stuff has kind of just gone by the wayside. Right? right. All oh, we're yeah, really... Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> What yeah, are we focused yeah, on now? Kind of, yeah, we yeah. focus on overthrowing the government. We've become completely political. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, we have that. I hate to say it. We've got that in modern Christianity in, in our country, in the United mm-hmm. States. There mm-hmm. are churches out there. Their sole purpose is to promote a political I- ideology. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that is so opposite of what the gospel teaches us to do. Right. That's right. Cultish. Yeah, it's cultish. Uh that's another red flag. Church and state do not mix. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't work. It didn't work in Rome. It didn't work in England. It didn't work in Italy. It didn't work in Russia. It didn't work here. It didn't work in Chile. It does not work. Mm-hmm. That's because, you know why it doesn't work? It, when a church begins to get involved in the affairs of a state, or worse, the other way around, the church has now become a political wing or an arm and is no longer really functioning as a church anymore. Right, right. Right? Like we said earlier, that mantle's been removed because you've, you've replaced it with political power. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, abuse doesn't stop because of a little government coup, right? right. During this time, Schaefer started treating children with electric shock, uh, specifically in their genitalia, to keep them in line. So, so here we are. And, and how's that kid going to say no? Right. Can't do, parents no. aren't there. You can't, he say, can't yeah. say no. Right. Right. And if he says no, he gets to meet the the business end of a of a, of a street sweeper. Right. Right. So this is a big problem. He has total control. No one can mm-hmm. do anything to this man inside these walls. Mm-hmm. And when and when a pastor gets that kind of power, they're done. You know. That's it. Um, so after this, uh, a man who we we all know from history, Augusto Pinochet, comes to power in 1973. Um, so what does this what does this what does this Baptist preacher do? Um, he offers his little colony uh, mm-hmm. as a secret detention, torture, and execution center for the Chilean government for the secret police. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing says Jesus. Right. Like bring it, like murdering yeah. political dissidents in in the forty. <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So that so that the uh, Chile's National Intelligence Agency started running it, started working out of there, um, and in what ended up becoming the military dictatorship of Chile that was from 1973 to 1990. Uh, this is what happens when you tie your faith into a government. Yeah. You do what the government tells you to do. Because mm-hmm. let's just say, let's just say, Schaefer said, "Oh, I'm sinning. I shouldn't do this anymore." Uh, President Pinochet, you're not allowed in here anymore. What do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Shut down. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Tanks are just going to run it over. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's going to have it either way, and and because you've given up that power, because you've gotten in bed with the state. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at, you look at churches up here, up here in in North America. Um, when they get in bed with political parties and states like this, now, now, fortunately, within our constitution, um, it's harder to do this because of the protections of church and state. And I know a lot of Christians are like, ah, they're against church and state. Uh, I'll be the first one to say I'm all for it. I'm all for a separation of church and state. I don't want the, I don't want the state telling me how to run my sermons, and I don't want me trying to trying to tell the government what to do because this is what you get. Yeah, and and what we're dealing with now is is if we're not we, right now is um, we had a problem with church and state, particularly with a lot of a lot of churches got in, uh, got in bed with you know the government's upholding slavery instead of mm-hmm. the scripture says no we shouldn't. Right now is the the church is still confused in a present sense because now instead of when when the government is doing things right in a sort of sense. And giving us warning instead of understanding now. Now we want to go to war with science, right? I mean, we can. I mean, who the Bible does not go to war against common sense. The Bible That's never right. has a war against common sense. And with this it, here, you when you dealing with a cult personality, common sense is gone. Laws are gone. It's all about control, and we lose this sense. With these people, what they do is when you watch them, when listen to the story, they just take you down this winding road of forget about laws, common mm-hmm. sense, protecting children, everything that that you would hold dear just gets erased because of this one personality who built themselves up really as a really as a god, and yeah. you see it happening in all forms, and that, and then you'll go to war against something that's just even your common sense. You know, yeah. it's, it's amazing how the the psychological. Uh, of this situation just just works yeah it, it's, it's pretty wild yeah and that's really what it is and so christianity 
historically and, and biblically has always been at odds with those in power because the gospel message puts those exactly. in power at the bottom of the power structure. Exactly. And that's never going to fly with a political government. That's never going to mm-hmm. fly with the government of men. Exactly. Right? Power, people with power are going to be at the top, mm-hmm. always. And so when you have stuff, when you have two distinct organizations who are polar opposites or supposed to be, somebody is going to have to change. And I guarantee you it ain't going to yeah. be the one with billions of dollars in an no. army. It ain't going to be right. them. It's going to be you. You're going to change. Right. So you got to get out of that. But that's what happens here. So in 1974, Pinochet visited Schaefer uh, at, the, at his little colony. Uh, Schaefer receives the right to dig for gold and uranium. And Pinochet uh, is given a Mercedes-Benz limousine by Schaefer. Um, that's, a, that's a strange exchange. I don't I mean, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not from Chile. But I, if I was the president, I want a little more if you wanted mineral rights. Right. Um, but, okay, I guess a Mercedes-Benz limousine will do it. After the U.S. weapon embargo against Chile, uh, Schaefer dealt with a guy named Gerhard Mertens, who supplied Pinochet with weapons, rockets, tanks, and equipment uh, to produce biological weapons. Uh, and Schaefer's helping out with this the whole time. In 1976, the U.N. publishes a report about Pinochet and Amnesty International about torture at the colony. So now he gets called out internationally in 1976. Now remember, 1959, two right. people, two victims. So now we're in 76. Um, the reports, the pub, he pub, this published report comes from Amnesty International, uh, and it later gets verified uh, by the, Ch- the Chilean National Commission for Truth and Reconciliation. Because if you remember, Pinochet made a bunch of dis- people disappear, political dissidents, a bunch of horrific things happened under uh, Pinochet. Um, a delegation uh, visited, um, and what kills me is like, this delegation visits in 76 and i would think if this report comes out i would see a bunch of things like this this group went in there they shut them down this ain't gonna happen this is wrong no the delegation is treated to a good dinner and is is greeted with bavarian folk dances we had a party wow we had a party wow unbelievable (laughs) unbelievable Man. So now Schaefer is far away from any semblance of faith. If you notice, we probably 20 minutes ago, we stopped talking about faith, mm-hmm. theology. Like we're way gone from that. Um, and this is what, so he's basically reverting back to his SS Nazi dreams, torturing the innocent, abusing children, murdering for political gain. These are all out of the Nazi playbook, all while running guns for the Chilean government. I mean, he's living his SS dream right now. his ss dream he's living it the red flag here is churches when a pastor when a predator right because at this point this isn't a pastor this is a predator Uh, when unchecked a predator will always revert back to his base instincts yeah uh you see this man is actually he says he's a pastor but he's a predator dressed up as a pastor right and he, he's, he pretends to be concerned with children and doing these children's homes. Um, but the signs are there, right? Look at right. all this stuff. This isn't stuff. I didn't have to go dig for this. Right. Right. I just had to Google this guy's name and I got all this stuff. Right. And it wasn't hidden in. They knew in 76. They knew in 59. Right. He's a predator dressed up as a pastor and nobody's checking him. The signs are there. And unfortunately, and you can't even be mad at his congregation right now, because at this point, he's got guns. There's a very real reality that if you stand up to this guy, everyone's going to yeah. lose their life. We're going to have a Jim right. Jones situation. Right. So um, 
But yeah, we, he pretends to be concerned with children and all these other things, but the signs are there. Nobody's standing up doing anything. What's worse is now he is government sanctioned and is in the pocket of a violent regime. So this is like the, the perfect storm yeah. of, of, of a horrific outcome, right? So in 1986, a guy named Norbert Bloom visited Chile asking Pinochet to stop the torture. Uh, Schaefer did not allow Bloom to visit the colony. Shocker. Um, which Bloom commented as the, the, the colony being a model farm of contempt for mankind. So I guess when you say <laughs> things like that about someone's church, then they're probably not going to let you in the front door. Uh, <laughs> so he, he was not invited to the Bavarian folk dances. Um, <laughs> In 1988, the German Attorney General, West Germany at the time, uh, started proceedings against members of the colony. So it's not just it's not just Schaefer. Like all these dudes that knew about this stuff back in '59, the West German government is finally doing something about it in '88, right? Mm -hmm. And so in so 1990 comes, Pinochet gets removed from power. A guy named Patricio Alawin cuts off state funding for Schaefer's hospital, revokes it as a nonprofit. Uh, and starts to audit the colony's businesses. I'm sure that went over real well. Mm -hmm. In 1991, so how, how does he respond to that? He privatizes all his enterprises, right? So that <laughs> it's not charitable anymore. It's private. So you can, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want you looking at my stuff. Right. Um, the German chancellor of, uh, of Germany now, because it's 91, Germany is reunified. Uh, so they have a chancellor. Uh, Helmut Kohl visited Chile. He said that Chile needed to open the colony, but nothing further. See, here we go again. Yeah. Here's the problem. Here's the big red flag. Man, I know. Man, that pastor's alone with kids a lot. You know, somebody should do something about that. Yeah, man, somebody should do something about that. And nobody does nothing. Or just talk. It's all yeah. talk. Yeah. Right? And guess what? If I go, if I, you, you're, you're a law enforcement guy. If I said, mm. I said, Bishop. That guy murdered four people. I watched him do it. Somebody should do something about that. Exactly. I, I'm yeah. going to jail, right? Right, definitely. Yeah. If I don't say nothing because I'm an accessory oh, after the fact. Right, right. Yeah, but if you're a German chancellor, that doesn't apply to you. So, wow. uh, yeah. So a lot of people are like, man, somebody should really do something about this guy, and nobody does nothing. Right. This could have been stopped again. Could have been stopped by the town. Could have been stopped in Germany in 59. Could have been stopped by the Chilean government or even the German government. But everyone just looked away. How unchristian and how immoral is that? Mm -hmm. it, it, this, is what, this is what happened when you start, when you, when you deal with mixed government. And, and it's, the, it's, it's always the, you know, you, you know, not just the Catholic, not to pick on the Catholic Church, but you just, that's just a class order. They just turn your head move somebody, mm -hmm. cover up. Classic yeah. saying that we learned in law enforcement, it's never the crime, it's always a cover up. It's never, the crime is you know, two people. You said two people. Mm -hmm. What are we doing now? Because I'm not, I don't see that, I don't hear that, you know. It's like they got, a, it's a classic saying in law enforcement that, you know, they'll, they'll go to trial and, and a lawyer, a good lawyer would say something to the jury, have a witness say something to the jury, and then the, the jury, the judge would instruct the, the jury that you just didn't hear, you, you pay no attention that you just didn't hear that. Mm -hmm. But you can't unring a bell. 
I heard it. And now, and lawyers know that you, hum, human beings can't unhear something. You know, That's if right. I, I ring this bell, I heard it, but just said, I got instructed jury that what you just heard, don't take into account your deliberation because you didn't hear what you just heard. That's right. <laughs> and that's, that's what, right. and that's what we're doing. It's, it's a death. It's a, it's a death mentality that we have. Yep. You no, know, I don't want. It's too controversial. I don't want to touch it. Get it away from me. It's not my problem. Let me go. Let me go. It's not my kids. You yeah. know, my my kids aren't being tortured, so yeah. I'm gonna stay out of it. I'm gonna stay out of it. That's that's thank thank God Jesus didn't treat us that way. Um, yeah. yeah. Finally, in 1996, uh, there's these 26 children who go to the commune's free clinic and report abuse. A judge in Santiago or issues an arrest warrant for Schaefer. Uh, police can't find him on the compound. Wow. Shocker. He runs. Mm-hmm. Children conti- Here's what kills me. So they haven't found this guy. Haven't found him. They don't know where he is. Children continue to attend the boarding school. We this guy has 26 people that have come out and said he raped me, touched me, did something to me, he's abused me physically, something has happened. 26 cases. We couldn't find him, but we, we're not gonna shut down the boarding school. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um with support of local parents dwindling, because shocker, parents don't like it when you rape their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh Schaefer appears in this video where he's very teary-eyed and gives like this grand departure, uh, this huge propaganda to prove his innocence, but he won't go to court. He won't let anybody arrest him. He won't go face his accusers. You know, we're going to hide behind the camera. And then he like disappears. He does this like big farewell thing and, and, and moves. Here's my issue. It took six years of rape and torture for support to dwindle. Six years. From 90 to 96. Wow. Now tell me this doesn't happen in our modern church in America today. Some pastors carry on for 20 years while the congregation knows, but mm-hmm. he's the man of God. Well, mm-hmm. what about the reputation of the church? Mm-hmm. That is disgusting. And mm-hmm. it's easy to look down at Chile and look at this person and go, well, look how horrific that was, man. That guy should have been. But we don't do it here. Right. And I'm not just right. talking about child abuse. I'm talking about misappropriation of the church, you know, misusing funds, misusing mm-hmm. people, being verbally abusive, mm-hmm. trying to be treated like a king. I mean, I got videos of, of pastors making people walk behind them like animals. And we just let it happen because he's the man of God. Well, he is not the man of God. If he's doing things unbiblical, he cannot be the man of God. Because we use, because it's, it's a psychological that the church has been using for thousands of years. It, you know, we can't, we got to cover it up because the representation of the church, we can't let this one man or woman take down the church. And so they get this group thing, they get, they just start covering up and, you know, we can't expose him because exposing him exposes us. And therefore that's what they do. And then so they'll, they'll let illegality go on and things go on because they'll hide on the guys of, well, we're protecting the word of God. We're protecting God's house. We're protecting, no, you're doing this opposite. You you are turning the Lord's house into a den of deeds, into a den of, of abuse and, 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 and all type of mischief. And so that's what they do. And, but they justify by saying, we, we, we want to protect the house of God when mm-hmm. and, a, and an abusers know this. And so they'll use that against you by saying, you know what? Hey, they're not going to call a cops on me because they call a cops on me. It's going to be, church or whatever in the front news and they don't want that. And because our of our not want because of our own our own sinful and so called embarrassment, 
-hmm. let abuse go on in the walls of the church because we don't want to be embarrassed because of some news media, some news outlet. And so we don't do the right thing because mm -hmm. of some psychological games that, that predators pray and predators know how churches work. So therefore they use the church's own, um, own um, device, own mentality against them because they know how churches work. Churches want to cover up. We can't have this in the church. The, the, the name, the church name is going to get, get solid. And there we go. That's right. And, there, and there's cycle. right there is, is the, and you're right. It's a vicious cycle of, and, and you think predators don't know this? Like you know this, this yeah. is why, so all predator wants is access and a place to hide. Well, what are some really great places where you can get access to kids, school, yeah. Yeah. church, yeah. boy scouts, girl yeah. scouts, you know, and of all those things, the one that the, the not church ones, because of what's happened in their past, did, don't you get, don't you have to do background check? Yeah. Yes. Didn't they background check you when they hired you? Yeah. Of course they do. They're, You're going to have yeah. access to children. Yes. Right. Churches. Don't, we don't do that. How many churches, you know, do, do background checks? You know, no, no. They, they don't. He's the man of God. He's, he's got a doctor. He's got a strong jaw and he, man, he knows how to preach, mm -hmm. but you don't know him. Mm -mm. Right. And, and we just let this stuff happen and that makes us complicit. Yes. So there's a lot of people who are complicit with this guy. This guy can't do this type of violence to this many people without help. No, he no. can't. Right. So Schaefer disappears on the 20th of May in 1997, fleeing child sex abuse charges filed by Chilean authorities. Uh, he's tried in absence and found guilty in late 2004. Schaefer was also under investigation in Chile in connection with the disappearance of a Russian mathematician and human rights abuses that were purportedly that occurred while the, while the intelligence agency was running his show basically. Um, because now with Pinochet gone, if you remember in the nineties in Chile, they started going and finding all these people kind of like what happened in mm -hmm. Germany after world war two. And guess whose name comes up? Well, he, mm -hmm. well, he's, he's SS man. This is what he wanted his whole life. Mm -hmm. Right. Schaefer was also wanted in Germany and France in connection with those 1959 abuses. Uh, I mean, this guy's on a roll. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. you're not big time until you're wanted in four countries on two continents. Right. Right. I mean, I don't got it like that. Nobody, nobody wants me like that. He's a pandemic abuser, you know. He is. He is. Literally. And, and now we're talking, we're talking 2004. And it ain't over. He's, he's not in jail. Mm -hmm. we're, we're talking 2004. 1959 to 2004. This man has abused people Un under the guise of, oh, I'm, I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. I love Jesus. Schaefer is found on uh, March 10th, 2005, nearly eight years after his disappearance, uh, hiding in a townhouse in an expensive gated community in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Now, Argentina. Okay. It bothers me that, you know, I, I figure you guys would have learned from, from the Nazis Right, maybe don't hide people, but when they do hide people, they hide people in luxury, in class. Oh, yeah. So if you're ever running yeah. from the government, head on down to Argentina because yeah. they'll get you. You get a townhouse, luxurious gated community. I bet he's got two bathrooms. It's probably real mm -hmm. nice, real nice. A good, nice place for a, you know a rapey person to hide. Um, sorry, Argentina. I mean, you just you keep doing it. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, following two days of negotiations between Chile and Argentina, Argentina, sorry, Argentina, now I'm making up countries. Uh, so following two days, Schaefer gets sent back to Chile. He gets extradited uh, to face a court hearing. 
There, he's charged with being involved in the 1976 disappearance of a political activist. And here we are, right? Mm. It's right out of Nazi playbook. Is what is what he always wanted. Mm. Um, and so he he finally enters custody in 2005. Goes to jail. Um, in July 2005, police unearthed Schaefer's buried military weaponry. Much of it is World War II vintage, but grenades and machine guns produced by the colony are found there. So this man had wow. figured out how to produce grenades and machine guns and man. Much soul winning going on, huh? Yep. Oh no, we we ain't got time for soul winning when you got when you're building machine guns, Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> soul winning going on there. Soul winning. I mean, well, I mean, I could point this gun at people and say, "Love Jesus, or I'll shoot you." Yeah, I mean, that. That is conversion rate to be high, you know? Not high. Very high. <laughs> so on May 24th, 2006, Schaefer gets sentenced to 33 years in jail uh, for sexually abusing 25 children, uh, was ordered to pay 770 million pesos, which is about 1.5 million U.S. dollars, uh, to 11 minors whose representative has filed uh, lawsuits against Schaefer. Schaefer also gets found guilty of 20 counts of what's called dishonest abuse. I'm not quite sure. Uh, what that what that translates to uh, in the American justice system. So now we're up to 45 cases of abuse that are documented. Uh, and then five more counts of child rape. So now we're at 50. And all of those are committed between 93 and 97. They didn't have, they didn't have the, the uh, evidence pre-93 because everything was being hidden by the government. So nothing was documented. So that, that was only for five years. Mm-hmm. We're at 50 P he's averaging 10 abuses a year. Um, all in all, it is suspected because it can't, they just simply can't prove it uh, that there's over 250 cases of sexual abuse on 250 different children, uh, multiple rapes, multiple murders, multiple violent things that occurred in this compound while it was under government protection uh, by the, by the military dictatorship of uh, Pinochet from 73 to 90 just horrible man like we just and we we have to own this church like we have this is why this is why this podcast exists right like i get that there's probably going to be very few churches where this happens right where they're running guns and it's like sons of anarchy and you know um i get that but we have to understand as a church one is too many Mm-hmm. One is too many. So if a person is showing these signs and it's possible he may hurt one person, he's got to go. He's got to go. It, 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 and these people don't work in a vacuum. And yeah. the thing about it is, we what we have to understand, it's got to be outsiders. The people, people always say, well, the people should say something. The people that they have are already under control. Mm-hmm. They are not going to see some outsiders. What people need to be in and doing investigations and people from the outside got to be the ones to step up because the people that's inside, they're gone. They're, they're, they're not, they're not going to do that because they've already, uh, he's already got their mind. They're under his control or their, her control. So yeah. we got to understand, we got to quit saying the talks. Well, it's just, no, they, they're controlled. They're not, they're not going to do that. That's not, right. it doesn't happen. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. You see in the yeah. government, it doesn't, it does, people's like, well, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's, and it's a process of mind. These people have been processed and brainwashed so deeply that they they have mm-hmm. no no they, their freedom of thought has been taken from them uh, oh, yeah. by this psychological uh, game that's been played on them for years in many cases. 
Yeah, and, and I have to I tell mean, you, think, think about think about when you give your children. You think somebody who lets think, just think about if you let somebody control your children, mm-hmm. they're not gonna run out until CNN. I mean, that's, it doesn't. That's right. It doesn't work that way. It sounds good, and I mean, come on, think about it. Yep. Just, yeah, I would say I'd say the community failed these people. Yeah. Uh, a country failed these people. International, the international community failed these people. Um, and what what's crazy is, and many times this could have been stopped. And and I would argue probably by 1973 in this case, anybody inside, they're 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 gone. That's Stockholm yeah, yeah. syndrome. They're done. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Um, they're not they're not going to be any help anymore because they're they're brainwashed at that point. Uh, now they're victims, um, but before I mean, fortunately for us, on the, on April twenty fourth, two thousand ten, uh, Schaefer dies in custody at eighty eight years old, uh, which he he was about fifteen years away from getting released again um, at the penitentiary's hospital, and thus ends the life of of Paul Schaefer. And for me, this is a story of what happens when good people do nothing, uh, and the church becomes a lackey for the state. Over, I mean, over 50 years of abuse, over 300 victims, because no community, no country, no no leader uh, had the will to stand against this monster. And I say more than 300 victims. Those are the ones, I mean, because think about the generational mm-hmm. effect they have on that. You gotta, this oh, stuff yeah. flows. This don't stop with that victim they die. This, right. this stuff affects um, generations upon generations. And, um, yeah, we, we the thing is we have to take ownership of this. We have we have to take ownership, and you know we got. I'm I'm telling a thing like this. This you know it's what what we don't want to right now. It's 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 a Paul Schaefer going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. This happening right now. It's the, the notion that we live in. It, oh, this is history. This is history, but it's also present, unfortunately. You know, will I be the one to step up? I find out. You know, and we and that's why this show is so important. Podcast so important because. Uh, somebody listening is it's it's happening right now. That's right. It's Somebody's happening right now. And guess what? Like you just said, people know about it. And the pe- people outside of outside of it know about it. And guess what? They're not saying you know, they write them out and say, It's a comp- look at us, what's going on out there? You need to say something. Because they're not gonna say anything. The people inside are not going to say anything. That's you right. know. And yep. that's what we, we that's what we gotta get we got to get it wrapped around. They're, they're not. Nobody just went and told on David Koresh or Jim Jones. It didn't work yeah. that way. They, they were, they were gone. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's the that's the story of Paul Schaefer, our, our first yeah. Nazi on the. Well, <laughs> well, a wannabe I, Nazi. I guess he wasn't really a Nazi. He didn't get to. Yeah. He didn't get to really do it. But. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is uh, that's that's how it is. Um, yeah, so that's Paul Schaefer. Uh, thanks for listening, tuning in. Um, please, uh, like we said earlier, if, if you like what you heard or you'd like to uh, tell more people about it, please uh, check us out. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. Just uh, search Pulpit Perpetrators on Anchor FM. Uh, we're on uh, Overcast. We're on a, a bunch of different sites. Uh, and just please remember to like us, follow us, give us that five star, and, and comment. Uh, comment how, how dumb this guy is or, you know, give me your mom's lasagna recipe. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but we do, we do, we do need the comments and we do appreciate uh, you guys listening, taking time to hear us. Um, thanks. And, and until next week, uh, never forget who's in your pulpit.